Hey, today's podcast, you're not going to get any place else. I mean, the more analysis on um, on what happened to Tucker Carlson, whether it's true or not, I don't know. But we've got a few stories to tell that kind of echo some of the stories that um, may be dismissed as, well, we've seen it happen at Fox News. That's uh, on today's podcast. Also, we talk a little bit about the economy. Uh, the new Republican ad that's all AI and so dystopian. It's just crazy. Really? We point out, maybe not so crazy. No crazier than this. Um, also, what else do we do, Stu? Uh, Carol Roth talking about the economy. Yeah, I already mentioned that. I just said Carol was there. Were you, were you even listening? I was not listening to that part, apparently. Were you listening to the show today? What show? The one we just did. Like we did, we that was on the air. Oh my God! We here's don't air that. Don't, no, don't here's, don't here's upload this. A podcast that you know Stu will hear for the first time along with you. Brought to you in part by American-Giant.com. American Giant. Ninety-five percent of the clothing in America in the 1960s bought and made right here in America. Now flip that. It's even worse. Ninety-seven percent is made overseas. We talk about what they're doing to the uh, shipping companies. The, they're, they're demanding that the ships that carry all the cargo stop using oil. Um, that's going to be a problem if we don't make stuff here. That's where American Giant comes in. They are begging people. They, they, they told me, we would love to congratulate Levi's for just taking 5% of the jeans that they make and make them back here in America. 5% would make a huge difference to employment and our skills and not only to our economy, but our way of life. American Giant is doing just that. They make everything here in America and it's really great clothing. American-Giant.com slash Glenn. That's American-Giant.com slash Glenn. Go there now. Here's a podcast. Do pay attention. lot of things to uh discuss today let's get into the tucker carlson um stories there is one from rolling stone that i believe absolutely uh the headline was fox news has a secret file to keep him in check rolling stone absolutely believe that i've told you that story i think i've told you that story about uh a meeting i had with roger ailes where he was bluffing uh, and the only reason why I knew that is because I'd already told you everything bad in my life. Uh, I don't hide from the bad things and the mistakes that I've made. I learn from them and uh, try to use them to help, you know, uh, shape today and tomorrow uh, in my own life. And I've written books about it and blah, blah, blah. I vomited on the air for years. So I wasn't afraid of anything that they could dig up because I'm clean. Um and uh, so he was bluffing and he had this big I knew they were investigating me because we just knew uh, I won't go into all the details, had a big file on. Then he bluffed, made the biggest error of his his life with me. He said, you know, you've got a wonderful wife. 
And I am now, my hair is up on the back of my neck. And I'm like, yes, I do. Why do you say that? And he said, well, it's always a shame when somebody does something to hurt a woman like that. And man, I almost crawled over the desk at him. And I just looked at him and said, that's why that has never happened. And I looked at him and we had like a third grade stare down for, we just kept staring at each other. He was, you know, who's going to flinch? And I'm like, I'm not flinching, dude. I know that they do this to all of their talent. They use, they investigate, investigate, investigate. If they have anything, they use it against you. If, uh, uh, should I tell the story of the first day? I don't think we've ever told that. I don't know. I don't. Do you remember the the card <laughs> slipped across the table to me? Yeah, I honestly don't remember the specifics of the story you're thinking of, so I'm a little, a little nervous. <laughs> so here, I th- think this person is. Don't give you know. I won't give their name, but I think they're still there. Um, I had my welcome to the company meeting, and I was sitting there, and I was sitting there with my business partner at the time. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, you know, here's your, here's your hoodie. Here's your cup. Right, right. Here's your paperwork for, you know, and then the last thing was, and this woman never looked at me the entire time. She never made eye contact with me. And I'm like, am I so hideous that she just can't look at me? She was looking at my business partner the entire time. And I, I even tried to like sit a little closer to my business partner to try to get, you know, maybe, maybe she can't move her head or I don't know what it is. So will she look at me? She never looked at me once until the very end. And she said, look, the last thing I want to say to you is we all make mistakes and you'll find yourself in a situation at some point and you'll be like, uh oh, what do I do? Before you call an attorney, before you call the police, before you make a call to anyone, she reached down in her purse, she took out a card, she put it on the table, and she slid it across. And as she said this, the first time and only time she made eye contact with me, she slid it across the table and she said, you'd be amazed at what we can make disappear. And I was like, oh my God. I'm working for the mob. <laughs> what is that? Okay. Um, I don't know if the, everybody got that talk, but I got that talk. Oh, they probably assumed you were worse than everyone else, <laughs> which, you know, is not a crazy assumption. <laughs> it was, it, that was that was so I walked hmm. away. That was day one. And I walked away and I'm like, wow, um, who did I just get in bed with? And uh and then, then nothing ever happened except, you know, then they investigated me and tried to use anything that they could find against me. Luckily, I could. Anyway, so the story from the Rolling Stone, Fox News has a secret file to keep him in check. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't disagree. Is it really secret at this point? I mean, this has been it's certainly an open secret within media circles. Yeah. And I that, doubt that he has anything, everybody. I doubt he has anything that he is ashamed of you know that's that's more of a warning that's a leak mm-hmm. uh to rolling stone mm-hmm. and that's the other thing they do they <laughs> leak things allegedly 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 thank you mm-hmm. um, some people have alleged that yeah and you're just covering their alleging of that information. it was amazing roger ailes every time there would be a leak he'd say 
damn it, who did that? And I said, I don't know, somebody in the PR department, according to my sources, you've got to be, do you have a name? No, I don't have a name. Well, I'm going to look into it. Damn it, that makes me mad. And they never, they never able never, to find the person. It's like, it's like the uh, Supreme Court leak. You yes, just could never come up is. with a person. It's like, the, it could be the person that was leaking that stuff was the person that put the <laughs> pipe bomb there in January 6th. <laughs> I don't lots know. of unsolved mysteries. I don't know. That's Where why they was had a Ray show Epps? about it. Where was Ray Epps? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so then you have another story on Tucker Carlson. And I don't know. Do we have the, uh, do we have the uh, clip of this? He gave a speech last week, last Friday, and Friday apparently is the night that they made the decision. And he gave a speech for the 50th anniversary of the Heritage Foundation, and he said this. It's completely obvious. And I think two things. One, we should say that and stop engaging in these totally fraudulent debates where we are using the terms that we used in 1991 when I started at Heritage, as if maybe, you know, I could just win the debate if I marshaled more facts. I've tried that, doesn't work. And two, maybe we should all take just like 10 minutes a day to say a prayer about it. I'm serious, like why not? And I'm saying that to you, not as some kind of evangelist, I'm literally saying that to you as an Episcopalian. The Samaritans of our time. I'm coming to you from the most humble and lowly theological position you can. I'm literally an Episcopalian, okay? And even I have concluded it might be worth taking just 10 minutes out of your busy schedule to say a prayer for the future, and I hope you will. Okay, now let me give you some context on this. He was talking about the difference of good and evil and, you know, marshalling, you know, facts to fight things like CRT and uh, DEI, et cetera, et cetera. Now, Rupert's son, Rupert Murdoch's son, uh, is the one that made the decision to fire Carlson along with Suzanne Scott. This is this is something that bothers Rupert deeply, deeply bothers him uh i was told not to use the word god on the air anymore and i was like wow um okay and they're like uh you know you gotta stop using it and three months go by and he comes back and he says do you know how many times did you do you not remember when i said don't talk about god all the time and i said yes and he said um do you know how many times you've said god on the air since that, I looked at him and I kind of laughed and I said, you counted? And he said, I can't remember the number, but it was like 91 times. I'm like, huh? Now stop it. Okay, well, I didn't. But that really bothered them. That really bothered them. Rupert doesn't like that. There was a, a dinner um, uh, with Rupert and his ex-fiance couple of months ago, Carlson was at the dinner. This is according to a source. And, you know, this is Vanity Fair. So what do you know? Um, they, they reported that Murdoch and Smith called off their two week engagement because Smith had told Tucker Carlson he was a messenger from God. 
Murdoch had seen Carlson and Smith discuss religion firsthand. In March, Carlson had dinner at Murdoch's Bel Air Vineyard with Murdoch and Smith, according to the source. During dinner, Smith pulled out a Bible and started reading passages from the book of Exodus. Rupert just stood there and stared, said the source. A few days after the dinner, Murdoch and Smith called off the wedding. By taking Carlson off the air, Murdoch is also taking away his ex's favorite show. Uh, mm. I think there is something to that. It's one thing to be doubtful of God, but doing it when you're 92 is another. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's it just, just feels like odds. that's the time yeah. to just be maybe on yeah. the other side of that argument. Right. You, you know, know what? I kind of, it's like Constantine. <laughs> hey, I got to do some really horrible things. I had to rape and pillage my whole life, but I'm dying, Doc. I've got about five minutes. I confess. I love Jesus. <laughs> you know. I don't know how far that gets you mm-hmm. in heaven. I don't know either, but I know, take but the risk at 92. I, 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 think I, certainly, I, I certainly wouldn't be leaking this stuff to the media. I, I certainly would do the exact same thing. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. All right, you sick, twisted freak. So there's a couple of things uh, going on. First of all, I read this op-ed, and I didn't even read. uh, It was from The Blaze. I didn't read who wrote it. It was uh, Biden hasn't been investing in America. He's been killing the middle class. And I'm reading it, and I get down to the last part, uh, and I'm like, we've got to get this person on. And then I see at the bottom, Carol Roth, (laughs) her new book, You Will Own Nothing. Carol, you are you and I are on we are, we we have like mind melded some way or another. Um, take us through your op-ed that's on the blaze. Yeah, I think we're we're spending a lot of time together uh, on air, Glenn. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're we're starting to think the same way. So it, you know, Biden launches this plan for reelection and talks about how he's been investing in America. And all I can think about is the fact that we cannot quite literally afford another four years of Biden because he and his cronies, they've been making themselves out to be champions of the middle class. Mm -hmm. But all they've done is decimate the middle class. If you think about what's happened since day one with his energy policy, not only making direct energy costs um, more expensive, but all of the ancillary products that go along with that. The inflation that has happened under his watch, 40-year historic inflation that we are still contending with that is a real cost to families. Things like hiring IRS agents to go after not the billionaires. You don't have $80 billion to go after the 800 billionaires, but obviously to go after the middle class. ESG doubling down on the fact that they want to prioritize their investments and the things that they're interested in politically over your investment return on and on and on. And then he talks about the fact that he's been fiscally responsible. Not only has he run up substantial deficits, but for this fiscal year, the first half of it, we have a $1.1 trillion deficit, not spending, but a deficit that hasn't been paid for for just the first half of the year. For six months. No, just, for I just six want, months. I just want, I just, so let's say this and then pause for a minute. In six months, we have spent more money than we had to the tune of $1.1 trillion. 
and, and, and there is no emergency going on. They can't hide this under, oh, it's COVID or there's something special. This is just the trajectory of spending that they are, are putting us on the path to. And, you know, we're having this argument over the debt ceiling and how we're going to finance all of the, this debt that we have. The reality is that nobody in the world wants our debt anymore. There's no demand for our debt. In fact, big countries like China are actually getting rid of yeah. our debts. Investors are, you know, maybe on a, a short-term basis will invest, but there's not trillions of dollars of demand every year for new debt. So the only buyer that is going to exist for the debt is the Federal Reserve. And that means that they are going to, on an ongoing basis into the future, be the ones that have to buy the debt which means they're going to continue to devalue your dollar. They're going to keep inflation as a part of your life. And this is part of the entire plan to make sure that they come out smelling like a rose and you own nothing. Um, you know, I, I'm doing a special on conspiracy theories tonight and how, gee, all of them turn out to be conspiracy facts. Um but when it comes to finance, there are a lot of people that are just pounding the drum. And it's it's almost well, I think it is actually evil because so many people will be unprepared when it when it finally hits. Um, but I said back in 2009, the Fed will begin to buy our debt. And they said it will never happen, never happen. And I said it's coming. It is coming. Um, so now they're doing that. Now, they also said that the dollar would never collapse. And I have heard really smart broadcasters say this talk of the dollar being, you know, dumped as the king dollar is nonsense. It's not going to happen. It's not going to be devalued. We've already gone from 73% in 2001 of being everybody's gold standard, 73% of of all of the the um, I guess you would call them sovereign funds where they're holding the wealth reserve was, yeah you know, reserve the reserves currencies. thank you yeah. the reserve currencies that was the U.S. dollar we're down now to forty seven percent and we have gained speed on losing it ten times faster than the last decade this is a problem yes you took the words out of my mouth the acceleration of the dumping of the dollar on the world stage is pretty staggering. Now, you know, we, we always go back to the fact that we are the, the cleanest shirt in the laundry or the skinniest kid at fat camp. You know, we still have a very resilient population um, who is very productive on a relative basis to the rest of the world and a lot of good things that are happening. And, and frankly, that is what is backing our dollar on the, the international stage. It's not the faith in the government that they're going to do the right thing as they like to say, it's the fact that we have this productive po uh, population as well as a military. But, you know, over time, um, certainly there are a lot of actors that are looking to shift the alliance. So even if it's not the dollar goes away, it just becomes one of several different reserves that are being used. It completely changes the equation for us, Glad, because one of the biggest privileges that there are a lot of cons with being the, the reserve currency, but sure. one of the biggest privileges is the fact that the that we get an arbitrage opportunity it keeps our debt artificially low and that has allowed the US government to finance their expansion and become unwieldy 
at a very low cost of capital on the back of basically everybody in the world, which they're not very happy about. If that goes away, that's what's called the exorbitant privilege, then that means, again, it becomes more expensive to finance the debt, which theoretically you would think is a red flag to the government. You know, As the, the Fed raises interest rates, as, as it becomes more expensive for the government to finance debt, it should be a signal to say, okay, well, we've got to stop spending. Right. And what are they doing? They are accelerating spending this is a fiscal runaway train and it is going to derail if we do not do something to stop this is exactly like if you own a house and you bought your house at zero percent and you've been buying them for zero percent and you just start stacking up houses and you really can't afford them and then the interest rate goes up to eight percent and you're on an adjustable mortgage here you, you didn't lock it in so it goes up to five percent eight percent ten percent and you accelerate the amount of houses and how fast you're buying houses. Instead, anyone with reason would stop buying houses. They would reduce their debt, not continue to uh, not only pile on debt, but increase the 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 uh, uh, the volume and the speed of accumulating that debt. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is crazy. And and what we're asking for shouldn't be a big shift. If you think about how much the government took in in quote unquote revenue, which is you know primarily our tax dollars last year, it was a hair shy of five trillion dollars. They had five trillion dollars that they could have spent and not gone into an extra deficit that needed to be financed with debt. If you rolled back to 2018 and 2019, they spent at those levels. I mean, that's not very long ago that we would have a surplus that they could use to pay down the debt and try to get us on track. But they don't care because this is not part of the plan. This is not part of the new financial world order where the stakes are shifting. They see that the stakes are shifting. And instead of trying to do the right thing and stopping them, they're giving into human nature they're giving into greed and power they're going to try to get everything for themselves and in the process as i've said before you will own nothing so here is the reality of america that if you're not living it you need to know about it mcdonald's now says they're having a problem because they've raised their prices due to inflation and everything else a, a mcdonald's meal now is nine dollars one mcdonald's meal they're saying people are downsizing even more than they already have downsized. And there's no stimulus money. There's nothing coming. So people are starting to really live on the edge. This isn't good. Uh, and then on top of it, if anybody thought our banking crisis was over, can you tell me what's happening with First Republic today? <laughs> so, you know, as we talked about before, there's certainly, um, you know, we, we weren't we didn't think that we were going to be out of the woodwork when it came to bank crises. And uh, one of the things that I did, which I can share in a tweet, I think I've sent over to you is I kind of plotted out some of what I call the low lights because I can't call them highlights of the Great Recession financial crisis. And it really does kind of show in a staggering detail you know, how long it took for things to play out. And so we really 
really are probably still in somewhat early innings, maybe a third or getting close to halfway through what could possibly happen if history indeed rhymes. But what happened with First Republic in a sense is not dissimilar to what happened with Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. And certainly they have not yet collapsed. But as they reported their financial results, they let us know that in the last quarter, 40 percent of deposits exited that particular company, even though they had gotten a cash infusion, a massive cash cash infusion from 11 different banks. And all of this is the outgrowth of the Fed policy of not having the market make decisions, but of this indulgent, negligent Fed policy that just put too much money in the in into the market that couldn't be handled. Now, every bank did something a little bit different. If you had Signature Bank, it was on the crypto side and Silicon Valley Bank, they put too much into treasuries. It was different uh, for First Republic because they were making loans out to wealthy people who basically said, oh, I can get all this money in the stock market. Maybe I'll take a 1% mortgage out on my house. And now they're sitting around with mortgages that, um, you know, are, are are paying them less than the, what they have to pay for deposits. So it's not a good situation. But again, it's engendered by Fed policy. Yeah. And we're, we're not done uh, here. The best of the Glenn Beck program. So you may not remember, we were going to do another restoring event. This was going to be called Restoring the Covenant. And we had gone up and uh, started planning it. Uh, and we were going to have a huge event. It was, it was going to be an amazing event. And um, pretty much uh, lost my shirt on that because COVID happened. And um, gee, uh, I just spent all that money and no one can come. And so it was kind of bad, kind of bad, but it was a glorious uh, thing that I think has to be done. And that is restoring the covenant. A covenant with God is something that is deadly serious. You don't break a covenant with God. You break it. You know, he's not going to be mocked. So you don't break your covenant with God. Well, we have made all kinds of covenants. Uh, our founding fathers, when when George Washington was elected, he went down to, I'm trying to remember what the churches down in Wall Street do. Is it St. John's? Saint John? I can't remember. But it's right at the end uh, by Wall Street. And they just all walked from the inaugural speech there. And he prayed on his knees for four hours and dedicated the nation to God. And Lincoln did it. We've done it over and over and over again. Well, we've broken all of our covenants. I mean, I think if we're trying to get rid of pedophile as, uh, you know, as something that we we deem wrong, I think we might be in the territory of being smote, smited. One of those words from the Bible, it's common. Smooten. Smooten. Is that the, <laughs> that's okay. the proper language? Okay. Yes. All right. So uh, that smooten stuff <laughs> is coming our way. We need to rededicate ourselves and make a covenant with God as a nation again. So Donica Hudson didn't know her at all. She um, sends me, I don't even know how I got it because it's really hard to get stuff to me, but she got a video to me a few weeks ago. Donica, you were listening. And what was it that I said that made you say, you've, you've got to know about this event and you got to come? 
Well, ironically, and great to be with you, Glenn. Thank you. Ironically, it was you were on Tucker Carlson. Oh, and that's right. That's right. Then, wow. Yeah. And then on the broadcast the next morning, you reiterated it. What you said is not only are we a covenant people, but you were talking about the state of our nation. And by the way, I'm going to play that video when we introduce you tonight. Oh, good. And Everybody you, can see my I fat could, face on TV as well as in person. <laughs> all oh, right. Come on. You're beautiful. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so, but you can't watch that short interview and not be moved. In fact, I had a barrage of people sending me that interview because we were planning this event. Well, in all honesty, I didn't know that you had planned a Restoring Covenant yeah. event at Gettysburg. But I had this grieving come over me when you said that basically our country is in shambles. We don't know God. You made a national call to prayer right there on Tucker Carlson. And I thought, oh, my goodness, something's happening. I, I, had, I couldn't quit weeping. And I don't go around crying all the time. I'm a doer, you know? So what and, happened you know, what, before this? What led you to think we have to restore the covenant? Because that's not okay. normal thinking in today's world. Okay, let me just go there. And it ties in with what you were talking about with the pedophilia. Okay. In 2015... My husband and I sued the federal government, the Department of Education, and the Department of Justice for not protecting our children in bathrooms, locker rooms, and showers in North Carolina. My daughter was going to be forced to shower with a biological male. This mama said, no way, not on my watch. And at that point, I began seeking God. What has happened to our country? I think like many people who are listening... You know, we're parents, we're everyday, ordinary moms and dads trying to raise a good family with the American dream. Well, that is just shot out of Hades right now because of the state of our nation. And it's because basically the church has been asleep. So I began to ask God, what's going on? How do we remedy this? And I, I had a God encounter, and I was instructed to pray third heaven prayers. The only problem with that, Glenn, is I didn't have a clue what that meant. I don't know so, what that means either. I know. Well, I grew, I didn't grow up talking about the three heavens, but they are in the Bible. And just for those The moon, the sun, and the stars? Yeah. Well, okay, so the first heaven is where we live here on Earth. The second heaven is really where Satan's throne is. It's what you see, the moon, the sun, the stars, the universe. And the third heaven is what we know about with the streets of gold, paradise, where we'll go to live eternally with Jesus. So I began to find out that our civil covenants are stored in the third heaven, just like Israel's. And the Lord, so the the meaning of pray third heaven prayers took on a whole new meaning. In other words, there are very few covenants that are civil covenants that call upon the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as an interpositionary figure. And ours do, all of them. From the first landing, 1607, dedication covenant, where the colonists landed here, all the way to our Declaration of Independence, our Constitution, all 50 state constitutions, our Mayflower Compact. They are all recognized in heaven. And so by what God was doing was giving us a solution. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't go around thinking about covenant. I mean, I knew I made a covenant with my husband till death do us part. I got that. I understand that Jesus died on the cross for us, and that's our blood covenant. I had no clue, and it was a revelation about civil covenants that called upon God. Good for you. Yeah. Donica, I have to tell you, um, uh, 
it's amazing how our leaders in our faith have failed us over and over and over again. I just heard a, a, a priest. Um, I was watching him on YouTube. He was talking about, you know, people say you're a liberal priest or a conservative priest. No, if you're not standing up as a preacher and saying abortion is wrong, child mutilation is wrong, then you're not a liberal priest. You're not a priest. A priest says this. And people have to understand that. So many of our churches, no matter what denomination, they are not willing to stand up and speak the truth. And so he's calling on people. I mean, I don't mean this in an offensive way, like you, somebody that you're not trained in it. You don't have a church. You don't have anything. You're just doing it because you'll listen and you'll do it. That's exactly right. And I think it is a grassroots movement of we the people who know Jesus and are in covenant with him that are taking back our country. And you are leading that marvelously, too, my friend. I I listen to you and I hear the results. You're different from other media. The blaze is different. You have an understanding of the times and your people who listen to you take action to to stand for righteousness, that doesn't happen happen anywhere else that I know of. Yeah. With a, certainly not on mainstream media. Yeah. Well, Donica, I'm going to be there tonight. I'm um, I'm coming to. Is it Virginia Beach where I'm going? I don't even know. They just will put yeah. me on a plane and. <laughs> yep. Virginia, Virginia Beach. Beach. Okay. That's where the colonists landed at Cape Henry and planted that huge wooden cross on April 29th of 1607. Okay. And that's where they made the first covenant on this land, dedicating this land to God and the gospel mm-hmm. and Christ and all of it. Um, and uh, I, I'm getting there as soon as I can this afternoon. Uh, where do people go if they want to attend? Uh, can they still attend? Oh, absolutely. You go to First Landing. 1607.com. And if you can't come in person, there's a few tickets left. You can click on register for a live stream. You can also, as a church, register for a live stream, and that's free. I will tell you that uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm probably going to make an announcement there tonight, but uh, I'll do it on the air tomorrow. Uh, Something that, um, that you caused in, in me um, and um, you've started something here, Donica, and uh, I'll see you in a few hours. Thank you. You started something in me, <laughs> and I am grateful to you. Likewise. Thank, Thank you. you, Donica. Donica Hudson. Um, you can go to firstlanding1607.com. I know if you're not a religious person, because I didn't know any of this stuff either. I didn't know any of it. Um, and uh, I started learning about history and, and looking at all of the proclamations and the way they were written. And I tried to get our Congress just to pass the exact same proclamation calling us to fasting, prayer, repentance, and to recovenant with God that Abraham Lincoln wrote after Gettysburg. Okay? No one in Congress, no one in the Senate. I mean, Mike Lee was like, I'll introduce it, Glenn, he said, but it's not going anywhere, anywhere. No one will sign this. And I'm like, it's Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, well, we're not in Abraham Lincoln territory anymore. 
So join us uh, if you can at Virginia Beach uh, tonight and join me tomorrow for, I think, a pretty big, uh, exciting announcement. And tonight also, I'm going to let you in on a secret. I've already taped the show. Yeah, I know. It's really good. I taped it yesterday. It's a chalkboard show. And I got chalk all over myself and my fingers and my face because it's crazy. You want to watch it tonight, 9 o'clock, Blaze TV. We do try to be different and give you action steps. Today is a a very important one. Tonight at 9, you will learn learn how a certain tool is being used. Everybody always says, how do I know who's telling the truth? Tonight, we'll show you. And we'll show you why things are happening because it takes people off track. You need to stay on track. Tonight, 9 o'clock, join us, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Uh, use the promo code question everything, and you get uh, $20 off your annual subscription. Or you can, I mean, if you feel better, you could also use Dump Fox. If you've Dump Fox, join us, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code question everything or Dump Fox and save 20%. Uh-huh.